Welcome everyone back to another episode of the Zach and Jack Sports Betting Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jack. And you are listening to episode number four. Today is October 20th, 2020. Zach, how have you been lately, brother? I've been pretty good, Jack. Uh, I mean, this last weekend was brutal as far as both my bet, your bets, our locks. Everything this past weekend was pretty rough from a sports betting perspective on our end side i mean besides the betting I'm, I'm good man but it was a rough weekend for sure how you doing jack yeah same i feel like in our both of the tones of our voice you can hear that our wallets are hurting a little bit after our locks of the week went oh and four definitely our worst weeks in starting the podcast almost laughable how bad we have been betting on college football thus far i think i don't really know what i think honestly <laughs> At this point, it's definitely safe to hate us. It's about to become a meme how bad we've been lately with the college bets, but we're either going to get it right or it's it's going to become an awesome run of bad luck and misses, so we'll see. So just a quick recap, our locks of the week last week going 0-4, Zach had Ole Miss minus 3 versus Arkansas, Arkansas won 33-21. I had SMU minus 6.5 versus Tulane, uh, SMU won 37-34, that game had me very, very angry, SMU completely dominated on the offensive side and still somehow had that game go into overtime. Since I had SMU minus 6.5, there was almost no fashion where they could win that game in OT unless they got the ball, scored a touchdown down kick PAT and then had Tulane not score and sure enough that's not how it ended up playing out very very frustrating I thought I was finally going to get my first lock Ole Miss in Arkansas anything you want to say about that one Zach yeah um it was <laughs> I watched it it was a brutal game to watch so Ole Miss was down 20 to nothing at half I pretty much knew early on that this wasn't gonna hit I thought they'd play a lot better than they did this was the worst Ole Miss's offense has looked all year by far they looked like a freaking middle school team out there in Arkansas they looked amazing mostly on defense Mississippi turned the ball over seven times. Their starting quarterback threw six picks. I've never seen it. I've never seen anything like it. I thought down 20 at nothing and a half. I was like, I knew game was over, but you know, whatever. I kept watching it just because. It's always just that like glimmer of hope, you know, just that small, small, even if it's a 1%, you know, you just think maybe you could possibly come back just for whatever reason you get that sick demented like feeling where you have to watch it to the end just in case something does happen exactly does that ever happen to you or is that, is that just me or? oh it definitely happens to me i don't know if this was the case or if i was just bored and, and didn't want to watch any of the other games on but there was probably was a, a smidge of that hope and it, that definitely has happened to me towards i think it was either yeah, it must have been the fourth quarter old miss was down 26 to 14 yeah, there were seven minutes to go in the game and it was fourth down and they were in a fake punt and Arkansas somehow didn't see it coming like they were down 12 points with seven minutes to go and they brought the punting team on and Arkansas just didn't seem to comprehend that oh you're probably gonna fake it we're on punt safe Ole Miss converted that and at that point in time I think that's the smidge of hope came into my brain like it could force maybe overtime or something and then maybe squeeze this out but I think soon after that Corral threw another interception and it was a wrap that game was brutal to watch and great way to get another loss on the record for locks i think it's funny how um, i'm actually looking at the cover probability for that game and at halftime arkansas was 95 percent chance of covering he had a glimpse of hope and then suddenly Ole miss had a 26 percent chance to cover before probably going right back to a 95% chance to cover for Arkansas. So that game was rough, but yeah, they gave you that one small play to, right. to get you thinking. So you're saying there's a chance. You mean not good like one out of 100? I'd say 
More like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! Kind of seemed like that. I was at work on Saturday. I didn't have the chance to watch any games. I ended up having to go in a little bit early. Mm-hmm. But I feel like every time I go to work, my picks lose. It's this weird superstition that I have. And like these locks of the week, like I, I didn't have any action on your game, but mm-hmm. it felt like I did because it's part of the podcast. You know, I, I want to see our locks do good because it makes me look good too. Yeah. If at the end of the year, our record can say, oh, we, we're over 500 or whatever. If we keep losing these games, it's, it's going to be tough. But at some point, at some point we have to win. It's almost like we're going to double reverse psychology ourselves to where maybe we'll try and pick wrong games and then we'll get them right or something something along those lines. 0-2 in college football. <laughs> Based on the way Saturday went or, or the college games went rather, I uh, kind of expected us to win both of our NFL games. It gave me this weird, another weird glimpse of hope that, hey, we haven't won a college game yet. We're going to go undefeated in NFL. Sure enough, that was not the case. You had Green Bay minus one and a half at Tampa Bay. Oof. Probably one of the weirdest games I've ever watched a football. I had a parlay with a payout of $525. Green Bay goes up 10 to nothing in the first quarter. I had the opportunity to cash out that parlay for $400. Got greedy. Ended up with a big fat zero. Tampa Bay scores 38 unanswered points and wins 38 to 10. Did you have a chance to watch that game, Zach? I saw bits and pieces of it, but I was at work Sunday and I missed most of the games, unfortunately, and I missed pretty much all of this game. I believe I was able to see at least one of Aaron Rodgers' interceptions, maybe. That was a that was about it. I think I saw the Gronk spike too, but that might have been after the fact. I just I, I try to follow it as much as I could on my phone in the middle of doing stuff at work, but where I didn't have a good feeling for it after about midway through the second quarter, I was getting pretty worried that it was in some trouble. What made me even angrier was the fact that I have Packers futures and this game was really the game that I was going to be able to tell if the Packers were going to be one of those teams that could contend. And I I still think they have a pretty good chance, but it definitely showed me that Tampa Bay is not a team to mess around with this year. Their defense is pretty good. Offense is finally incorporating Rob Gronkowski. It took long enough, but I think Green Bay is still kind of working out. Players coming back from injury. I think that might have had something to do with it as well. They looked rough. Um, Tampa Bay looked like the best team in the league after that game, I have to say. And then just another game, my lock of the week, uh, LA minus three and a half for San Francisco. Another game I was just completely dumbfounded by. Those were the two games that I predicted. I guess Green Bay, Tampa Bay was a little bit more of a flip. According to ESPN, LA, San Francisco was was pretty much a coin flip as well. I just didn't see it playing that way out in my head. After doing a little bit more research on why the Rams are doing so good, most of their wins are versus the NFC East. Jared Goff, I just can't get over the decisions this guy made. All right, Zach, I have a, I have a hypothetical scenario for you all right yep bring it on you're a quarterback of an nfl football team it's the fourth quarter and you're down 12 points it's third and 15 do you throw the ball to the line of scrimmage well guess what that's what jared goff did (laughs) he is the ultimate game manager i suppose but sean McVay, what are you doing bro you're are you trying to win these games i just don't understand these coaches sometimes keep throwing the ball or whatever they keep trying to score whenever they're up because they don't want the team that's down to come back but then the teams that are down aren't even trying to come back they're running the ball consistently They had multiple drives where they had either zero, one, or two passes. Just complete drives. Made absolutely no sense. Uh, the receivers aren't catching like I thought they were. Cooper Cup, he's been non-existent in their offense this season. It's it's honestly pathetic, and I'm hopping off the Rams bandwagon, Zach. I'm not rooting for those people. LA teams have been stressing me out. Dodgers somehow made it to the World Series. Don't know how. I guess that's just an Atlanta thing to choke. But it, it, these these games this week absolutely just set me off the rails. You know, zero and four. I guess I'm. I guess you could say I'm angry. <laughs> 
I guess that's the best way to describe it. But yeah. just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you know what? Sky's the limit from here. <laughs> We've hit rock bottom. It's episode four. Officially, we are now four and eight for our locks of the week. But let's go ahead and move forward. College football. Finally got a full slate of games. I know you said you couldn't access all the lines earlier, Zach, and I uh, sent you some screenshots. I didn't realize there was exactly 796 football games this weekend. That is a lot. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to have a lot of football in general. I think the, the Big Ten starting up this weekend, which is exciting from Big Ten country. I don't really root for any of the teams necessarily, but it's going to be. What else is there to root for out there? I mean, you got all you got is college football. Pretty much nothing. We root for the corn to grow and we root for Big Ten football. But I'm excited to see that and see how those teams look. It's in the middle of the season for a lot of schools and and the Big Ten is just getting going. So that'll be interesting to see. NFL is week seven already, which is crazy to think about. I'm excited for this weekend. I probably won't play a whole lot of money this weekend after the rough weekend last we just had. But I'm excited for all the games that are coming up this weekend, regardless, just to watch as a fan. I'm very excited that I disclaimed last week that we both have full-time jobs and that, guys, we are not professional sports betters. Yeah, we are just giving you our our analysis, just a nice little conversation, fun take on sports. You know, we do think we we wouldn't give you a lock if we didn't think it was going to win. That would be stupid, right? Like, why would we tell people to bet the opposite of what we think? So obviously, we're going to try and win. But football has been crazy this year between injuries and COVID and Nick Saban coming back and whatever else. It's just it's wild. So <laughs> I, I am looking forward to the rest of it. You know, like you said, it is crazy. Man, it's so crazy. It's already week seven in the NFL. I can't remember who said it, but I always say football season is like a bag of chips. It's over before you're ready for it to be done. So I kind of feel like that. It's, we're going we're gonna to blink our eyes and it's going to be Super Bowl Sunday. So we should enjoy it while we can, Zach. No doubt. And I, I want to echo what you said, too. I'm never going to bet against a lock that I make. So if I make a lock on here, I'm not betting against it. I might not always throw a ton of money on it, but I think it's going to hit. Like, I thought Ole Miss was going to beat Arkansas, but turns out they decided to choose last weekend to play the worst game ever. And then I thought the Packers were really good and thought the Buccaneers were like, okay, and the Buccaneers just handed it to them. So, I mean, football's crazy. You never know what's going to happen. Let's go ahead and move on. But uh, before we before we move on, I just want to say we we will have a guest lock. I just got confirmation we should be receiving it at some point before the end of the episode, Zach. I just wanted to give you a heads up since I know that I told you about it, but we weren't expecting him to come through. But moving on, let's go ahead and get into our college football locks this week. Who should go first, Zach? I, I feel like you typically go first, so why don't I go ahead and go first? We'll go ahead and segue in from, from college football last week. Looking back, after I, I liked your pick of Ole Miss, but thinking about it, Arkansas, they were kind of a... Uh, Arkansas was kind of upset the the loss to Auburn. And maybe we could see that Arkansas wanted to claw back and, and get a nice victory versus Ole Miss. That leads into my lock this week. I'm actually going to take an under this week. I think I've only picked spreads and parlays and teasers and other weird stuff. But uh, I'm actually going to pick an under. Thursday night game, Zach. Does that surprise you? Hey. Just kidding. It's actually a Saturday game for once. My first Saturday college football lock of the season. You know what? I've been trying to pick these games. and I'm an SEC boy. Grew up in Louisiana. Lived in Florida for a while. I know the most about the SEC. Why am I going to go away from my bread and butter? Now that I'm actually thinking about it, we both did two, pick two games last week that we liked, mm-hmm. which happened to hit. I liked Coastal Carolina. Yep. And you liked Alabama. Yep. So we picked those two games. They would have won. We went against them, and we went with two locks that lost. You know, this week, I kind of want to jinx it. I'm going to start off by saying I really do like South Carolina versus LSU. Public betting on LSU are probably people who haven't watched as many games this, this season as I have. Mm-hmm. South Carolina's actually looked decent. I actually see them potentially winning this game, unfortunately. Yeah. 
in the hopes that I'm wrong, I'm going to go away. And I, and I just don't have it in me to root against LSU. So I'm staying in the SEC. My lock this week is Auburn and Ole Miss. Okay. Auburn at Ole Miss under 68 and a half. The line opened at 65, but quickly moved up to 68. The over is currently getting 68% of the bets. Haha, same number. And 76% of the money. So Ole Miss has come out hot in 2020. They scored a ton of points, but they failed to convert that into wins going one and three so far. You know, you can score 100 points, but if the other team scores 101, it doesn't really matter, right? Anyways, last time the series scored 69 points or over was in 2016. Uh, personally, I expect this total to continue to move up. So it honestly might be smarter to wait until later in the week to grab under 70 or 71. One, based on the models and projections I look at for my analysis, which arguably to this point in the season has been questionable. <laughs> I predict the score will probably be closer to 55 to 60. Like you said earlier, Ole Miss had six touchdowns last week for seven on the season. Auburn has four interceptions so far. Both quarterbacks continue to turn the ball over. Hopefully that'll keep the ball out of the end zone. In conference games, typically a little bit more defense is played. You have a little bit more game plan film from the years before of playing the same teams. I think that might contribute a little bit. Having said all that, no lock is carrying here so if the game scores 200 points i wouldn't even be surprised at this rate so that's going to be my lock this week for college football auburn at old miss under 68 and a half like i said though the line could move up the public has taken the over in, in college football especially the sec this season mm-hmm. just left and right so that also kind of plays into to my hypothesis behind why i'm picking the under these teams can't keep this up. If the teams are going to break overs every week, at some rate, the line's going to get set to where the under has to hit. It's just a matter of, of science and chaos. So I don't know if that's really accurate, but Ole Miss versus Auburn, Saturday game, 168 and a half sack. I like that a lot. Eventually, unders in the SEC have to hit. Unders in college football in general should start to hit. I know I said last week that the SEC is the new Big 12, but I don't really think that's going to be the case for everybody. And I think this is a good example of a game that the over-under is already set pretty high. Auburn, we don't really know who they are on offense. Mississippi, Ole Miss, they look terrible against Arkansas, and who knows what they're going to put out on the field. I like that lock. Um, For my lock of the week, we'll go ahead and and so I'll give you some good news and bad news. I'm going to go ahead and throw out one, two that I really like that I'm not taking first. I will move into my actual locks. So we can both go on the same boat. That first pick that we didn't lock ends up winning. So we're both going to we're gonna stay on that trend. Exactly. Just because I, I, I do see a few lines that I like this week. I might as well take one that I'm not locking it up, but I think it's pretty good. And hey, maybe it'll hit. I think NC State plus 17 against North Carolina is a great bet. NC State's 4-1. and one. The only loss they have is to Virginia Tech. They lost by 21, so it was a decent loss. But they beat Pitt. They beat Virginia. They beat Wake Forest. And North Carolina just lost to Florida State, who has not been good this year. So this game is in Chapel Hill. But this is a rivalry game, obviously. It's in-state. I don't know how NC State is a 17-point dog coming with North Carolina coming off a loss. So I, I like North Carolina State to cover that in a big way. I don't know if they could win this game. They could, I guess. Of course, anyone can win any game. But I at least like them to cover and keep it a close game, especially with it being a rivalry. But that's not my lock. And Jackson, I have some good news for you. My lock of the week, you're the one that you're not locking. I am locking. South Carolina plus seven against LSU. You may not want to root against LSU, but I'm going to this weekend. I'm taking the game, Cox. Go, Cox. This week is just getting worse. <laughs> hey, like you said, Jack, South Carolina might even win this. 
get him at plus 210 I found. I don't know if you saw this, but Miles Brennan is questionable this Saturday because he has, according to Coach O, he has a significant lower body injury. No, get out of here. I knew he was hurt, but I don't want to believe it. We don't have another quarterback. What are we going to do? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to listen. Just keep talking, but I'm not going to listen for a minute. <laughs> that's that's fine. Your, your homerism's showing right now, but you, you know it's a good bet. Yeah, so whatever significant lower body injury is, I don't know what that means, but I'm guessing we're going to find out Saturday whether or not he's playing and what exactly that injury is. He's been the best part of their offense. He's been questionable at times, but the, the passing offense, Brennan to Terrence Marshall and those weapons they have at receiver, that's been the main thing that's been keeping LSU even in games. And they've only even won one game was this year. You know this. Who did LSU beat? Doesn't even matter. Once we lost one game, I just stopped paying attention. Vanderbilt. <laughs> so, so Vanderbilt. Yeah, exactly. Nobody. We beat nobody so far this year. Vanderbilt lost to LSU and South Carolina to the same exact score, 41-7. to Both of those games were in Nashville. Pretty interesting. But besides that, LSU has lost to Mississippi State and Missouri. I mean, Missouri, I, don't, I really don't think Missouri is good. Mississippi State, they might be okay. They scored 44 points against LSU. Since then, in their last three games, Mississippi State scored a combined 30 points. Played Arkansas, Kentucky. Played one more team, Texas A&M. So those three games, they scored 30 points combined. Against LSU, they scored 44. So I know Mike Leach is supposedly an offensive genius, but I think the LSU defense is just offensive. And so... All right, moving on to NFL. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even done yet. So South Carolina, they're going to put up some points in this game. They have a good balance attack. Their quarterback, Colin Hill... Takes care of the ball pretty well. Has decent numbers for the year. They run the ball really well. Kevin Harris has over 400 yards already this season. Six touchdowns in four games. And so I like their I like USC's offense to do really well against the LSU defense. LSU on offense, even with Miles Brennan in the lineup, converts just 23% of their third downs this year. That is not a good number. South Carolina, on the other hand, is converting about 42.5% of their third downs. And South Carolina's defense is allowing about eight points per game fewer than LSU's defense and about 100 yards fewer than LSU's defense. Zach, can I just stop you real quick? We have breaking news, guys. Zach has been terminated from the Zach and Jack Sports Betting Podcast as of of now. Jackson, I know it's been a rough week for you. I totally get it. I didn't mean to pile on, but I saw this line. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. We thought with the 49ers in the NFL last week is what I think is happening right now with LSU. Like people are still having the like Super Bowl national championship memories and they think this is the same team. And it's it's just not. Like LSU has lost a lot of talent and now they may have lost their starting quarterback. The defense is not looking good. If you just avoid Derek Stingley Jr., you're gonna have a good day. So I think South Carolina can do it and that's my lock of the week. As much as I hate to say it, I do think this game is more of a coin flip. It's probably probably pretty even. Uh, if Miles Brennan is out, that's got to give an edge to South Carolina. South Carolina's looked surprisingly decent this year. A team that I never really consider a contender in the SEC, but who happens to show up every now and then to just mess up good team schedules. Unfortunately, LSU is not one of those good teams this year. Like I did say, you know, South Carolina could win this game. Plus 210 is probably a steal. True value is probably closer to plus 115. So you're getting a good deal taking South Carolina money line. Don't have it in me to to do that, unfortunately. It seems like a good bet, Zach. I hate to agree with you. I think NC State, you know, I kind of like that one a little bit more, but I digress. I, I might actually too, but I didn't do as much research on that one. And then I, I just kind of really wanted to hear your reaction for me taking the Gamecocks against your, your Tigers. But still, go go Tigers. We had a good run. 
I don't, I don't even know where to go from here. I just like I just like dissociated from my body for however long you were speaking. So, um, moving on, let's go ahead and talk about a little bit of NFL locks this week. Before we move any further, I just want to talk real quick. Do you have anything to say about you are a fan of the Chicago Bears? Any thoughts after beating the Carolina Panthers this week to go five and one on the season thus far? I'm actually kind of mad at the world right now about all this because everyone still thinks we're frauds, even though we're five and one. We have as many wins as the entire NF- NFC East division. Oh, I knew you were gonna go there. I just knew it. That's not saying much, but hold on. There's, there's, there's more. Everyone thinks we're we're not good because the offense hasn't done a lot. And Big Dick Nick hasn't immediately transformed us into a 40 burger a week type of team we haven't played anybody good we beat the panthers without christian mccaffrey and yada 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 even though the panthers just beat three teams in a row without christian mccaffrey once we do it it's like oh that's not anything we beat the bucks but oh they didn't have mike evans chris godwin and it's uh, it's just so stupid like what do the Bears have to do to get even a shred of respect? Our defense is, is one of the best in the league. It's one of the only actually good defenses in the league this year. Most teams don't have good defenses this year, at least not consistently. Maybe us and the Steelers, probably the only two that I can think of that are consistently good. The Bucks were good last week, but they've had some hiccups. I just, ah, I'm, I, it, it frustrates me as a, as a Bears fan, but because we're now underdogs this weekend too against the Rams. You talked about the, that earlier, how you know the Rams have only really beat the, the NFC or AFC East, right? No, the NFC East. It was the Giants, the Redskins. Uh, they haven't played the Cowboys yet, I don't believe, but I want to say they have three of their wins are from the NFC East. So. Yeah. Pretty embarrassing how they actually got their wins. It's kind of deceiving when you look at their record. But I just want to stop you real quick, Zach, because first off, I thought you said you were going to go on a rant. That wasn't a rant. If you want to hear a rant, hear me on Sundays yelling at the TV screen. <laughs> I have something that I want to bring up real quick, and I have to call you out because when I knew you were a little upset that the Bears weren't getting any respect, can I just recall a text message that I sent to you on Sunday, September 27th, almost a month ago, where I said, I might hop like $20 on Bears futures now, plus $3,600. Hell of a long shot, but 20 to win, 720. Mm-hmm. And you responded, I still think there's next to no shot. We do anything big this year, but you do you. <laughs> You know, Bears futures are down from that plus 3,600. They are now currently plus 3,000. That is insane value if you would have picked Bears plus 3,600 just a month ago, <laughs> which honestly I think is funny because they still get no respect from the yeah. books. No one thinks they have a chance to win the Super Bowl. But you didn't even have faith to put $20 on your Bears to win the Super Bowl at the best possible odds. Any, any response, Zach? Yeah, so... Almost a month ago. I said that. Almost, this was week two. Almost a month ago. So who who has confidence in the Bears? I had confidence in the Bears. I didn't make the bet, but I thought about it. Lucky for you, you can still get great odds by what you're telling me. Almost a month ago, Mitch Trubisky was still a starting quarterback. So with him at the helm, there really was no chance. But um, Foles at least has the capability of looking halfway competent on offense. Enough to at least not make the de- defense carry us the entire game every game which still has been a little bit up in the air. And then if we get to the playoffs, you, I mean, who knows what Big, Big Dick Nick is going to do. He's he's electric in the playoffs. That's what he, that's what he lives for. That's, that's what he's making the big bucks for. So 
I know I, I know I had to give you a, like a hard time, but I I heard an interview with Nick Poles after yesterday's victory, and he put it best. You know, he said, "Would you rather lose pretty or win ugly?" And I think that's a really good way to put how the Bears have, have played this season. At the same time, you know, if you're putting up 40 burgers, like you say, where can you really go from there? Is is down? I think that team, the way that he framed it was, you know, they have a lot that they can improve on, which gives them things to work on heading towards the playoffs. It's only week seven, man. You know, you got a lot of time to work out all the kinks. You can get your team right. And, you know, if you go, if you're winning 40 to nothing for six straight weeks, what's going to happen? You're going to end up getting slapped in the face by another good NFL team and getting your ass beat. Man, the pairs are really surprising. Uh, once they play the Packers, it's over. But I digress. I do agree with you. The Bears haven't been really getting any respect from Vegas or the general public. The team's looking pretty good. Must feel nice to have a good team to root for because Saints and, and LSU this year, they're not really cutting for me. So I guess I just have high expectations. Like I said, you know, I expect my teams to either make it to the championship game or lose in the process. Yeah. Saints, you know, that's the Saints' specialty over the past couple of years, whether it was our fault or not. LSU, you know, we had a couple of rough seasons trailing Bama. You know, Nick Saban gets COVID. Everybody thinks they've got a chance. But, <laughs> yeah, sure enough, he gets better in three days. He must have the same doctors as Donald Trump. So that's uh, – I know you wanted to bring up, say your little piece on the Bears. So there's that. Chicago Bears 5-1. and one. Bear down. Plus 3,000 futures on the Super Bowl odds. Duh, Bears. The Bears. Now that we now that we got that out of our system, uh, I gave my college lock of the week first. Why don't you go ahead and throw out uh, your NFL lock this week for, or for week seven this week, Zach? All right. If I was banned once from this podcast, I'm about to be banned again because I am taking <laughs> I'm taking the Carolina Panthers to cover the plus seven and a half against the Saints. I are you what did I, Zach? Are you mad at me? Like <laughs> did I do did I say something? Insult you? Like what is going on? say the Panthers are going to win. I just don't understand how the Saints are a seven and a half point favorite against against the Panthers. I mean, they beat the Chargers last week, sure, but it took them overtime and they won by a field goal. They beat the Lions two weeks ago, but they won by six and they had to come back from down like 28 to nothing or something absurd. I can't remember exactly what it was, but they were down a lot. And before that, they lost the Packers, lost the Raiders, and then the, so the only game they've won by more than seven was against the Bucks week one. Since then, their offense hasn't looked very good. I know they're getting Michael Thomas back this week, but really do think Drew Brees has lost a little bit of arm strength and just arm talent in general. Uh, the Panthers' defense has played surprisingly well, even with all the the young guys on their roster. A lot of their draft picks are looking really good. Derek Brown's been tearing it up in the as far as run defense is concerned. Jeremy Chin is playing really well in the secondary. They've got some talent in that secondary for sure. They lost to the Bears last week. Granted, I understand that, but the Bears are like I, like I said, they lost to the Bears. I kind of saw that coming. Whoever plays the Bears probably is going to lose. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're underrated as as fuck. We're it's an elite defense. The Saints do not have an elite defense. I'm sorry. I, I thought their defense was going to be pretty good this year. They had a lot of talent coming back. You know, Marcus Lattimore is supposed to be good. Demario Davis, I think he is really good still. Cameron Jordan's really good. But defense hasn't been really stopping anybody. They've allowed, yeah, 27 points, 29 points, 30 points, or 37 points, 34 points, 23 points. We get it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm sorry, man. The Saints are giving up a lot of points to everybody. Uh, the Panthers are getting Christian McCaffrey back this week. That sh- that should increase their chances to score a lot. I just, I don't understand how this line is the way it is, and I think the Panthers are going to cover plus seven and a half. 
I'm not sure if you're aware, Monday, Carolina Panthers facilities shut down pending a potential positive COVID test. I think that is probably playing a slight factor. I didn't see that. Having said that as well, Michael Thomas coming back, I think, is a huge addition to the Saints. Everything that you've said today so far about the Saints and LSU, I feel like I just got naked in front of like a body critic and they just picked out all the flaws in my body. <laughs> Things that you said about both my teams, it's just like, oh, you have a big nose. Oh, you have a hairy butthole. Like things like that. Like, I, I already know these things. I just don't need you to tell me because they're so apparent. It just, it hurts though, you know? That's how I feel. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm as confident in this pick of yours as I am some of your other ones. I do think, you know, playing within the division, those games typically slide a little bit closer, the rationale that we had in some other games and some other locks of ours. I, I do like Carolina plus 13 and a teaser. I have plus six and a half with a seven point tease. Um, I, I definitely took them. I, yeah. I don't want to take the Saints to win just straight up. Like, I, I just don't see that happen. The Saints, the Saints have a good chance of winning. I, I think that Carolina has a definite chance covering 10. Six Six and a half to seven and a half, I'm a little bit more shy on. Obviously, I don't want to bet against the Saints in terms of a money line bet. Panthers are good. Teddy Bridgewater knows the offense. He could easily relay that information to the defensive coordinator of the Panthers. They've played pretty good against us in the past. Of the teams in the NFC South, I definitely hate the Falcons the most. You know what? They kind of have a soft spot in my heart this year because they've just been so bad. You know, you don't really hate teams that are that bad. It's more like a little cute dog. It's like nibbling at your leg, even though they're like full bark potential. That's like the Falcons. You're like, oh, I'll just want to pay you. You know, you don't mean any harm and then the bucks you just they're the ring chasers they beat the packers don't like them for doing that they're you know starting to contend with the saints in the nfc south don't like that the panthers have i i honestly wrote them off after christian mccaffrey got hurt so kudos to that team for they've they've actually come out and impressed i can't say that it's a bad pick can i throw on a quick sidebar as a saints fan do you think michael thomas is a locker room cancer by chance because i he seems like such a baby to me I don't understand what is going on with this guy. You have, can you share some insight or thoughts? I think Michael Thomas is a drama queen. I think he absolutely causes unnecessary conflict. But I think when you sign a guy like him to the type of contract that the Saints did, that you know what comes with the territory. And that whenever issues are caused as a result of not making him happy, it's your own fault because you can either appease what he wants or you can end up paying a lot of money and losing a really good player. So the Saints organization has had its own issues over the years, numerous scandals. I don't know if you heard, but Gail Benson, the owner of the Pelicans and Saints, was carjacked this past weekend. There's enough stuff going on. The Saints thrive on this type of drama to create a story. I suppose. So if you look back at Hurricane Katrina, winning Super Bowls just a couple years later, it's all part of the narrative. Bounty Gate. <laughs> okay, Bounty Gate was, <laughs> I guess technically, yeah, it was part of the story too. That's like one of the chapters that you don't read. You just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of pretty pictures. <laughs> I just want to read it. <laughs> Every team has scans. They all cheat, all right? It's a matter of getting caught. Patriots have been caught cheating. The Falcons pumped noise into their stadium, all right? They couldn't get enough fans. You know, people forget all these teams cheat, so that's besides the point. Bounty Gate, yeah. Sean Payton, not, I'm not his biggest fan. Allegedly, Sean Payton loves to pop the Vicodin. Maybe these guys are arguing and fighting in the locker room, and he's just so just zonked out in the back. Just, uh, like, he's not even worried about it. It's not that big of a deal. They're going to work it out. Emmanuel Sanders, of all people, called out the team. And I don't know if called out is the right term, but he said, I came to, to New Orleans because I wanted to win a championship. And so far, how we've played this year is not living up to my expectations. I think those guys have a chip on their shoulder. They feel like they've got something to prove. Uh, Michael Thomas coming back 
when he's angry, he plays better. So if he's going to punch somebody every week and get suspended for a game to go off the next week for 200 yards and a touchdown or three, then I'm, I'm all for it. So, yeah, I, I think that he's definitely an issue. He's a head case. It's the NFL. You pay these guys tens of millions of dollars. What do you expect? I mean, the guy's got an ego, and the ego is what fuels him. So, yeah. Do I like it? Absolutely not. Um, did we need him to be the Chargers? Yeah. Apparently not. Somehow. It probably would have helped. We can still win games without him with the right game plan. That's a whole other story, so I'm not going to even go any further into that. He's he, he's awesome. I just wanted your thoughts on his um, off-the-field issues and tweets and whatnot, but that, that's good to know. I think not following him on Twitter also does me good because I'm sure he said really dumb things. Most definitely, but it's it's pretty entertaining. It's it's like Odell and Tony Brown had a like a love child. That's a pretty spot on analogy right there. Who do you like this weekend? Who do you like in the NFL? I know I didn't pick a weekday college game, and it was just very uncharacteristic of me. But I just could not let the weekday games go. I have to have something to sweat, right? Right. My NFL lock this week, Thursday night football, an epic battle is ahead for the NFC East. Two teams somehow still contending. The New York Giants versus Philadelphia Eagles are playing. This game is going to be terrible. Don't have any expectations. If the game was like 7-3, to three, I would not be surprised. It's just, it, it's going to be bad. But I'm not going to pick a spread. This, this game's a coin flip. It could go either way. The whole NFC, as we said multiple times, is just an absolute shit show. Cowboys on Monday Night Football looked like they could probably not win another game the rest of the year. So having said that, I do like the under of under 45 and a half. So under 45 and a half, New York Giants versus Philadelphia Eagles is going to be my lock this week. Um, Zach Ertz is out. He's not going to be playing Thursday, possibly out longer. Uh, So far, he's been targeted 45 times this season, 11 times more than the next player. Running back Miles Sanders is also out this Thursday. He has 263 more rushing yards than the next leading rusher, who happens to be Carson Wentz. I don't really see their offense being able to do much. The Giants are the Giants, so I don't even think I need to go into describing how rough that team has been looking. Um, Daniel Jones might not have a job next year at this rate unless they're just really that confident that this year has just been so unlucky for them. He's not good. <laughs> just straight up. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. So, like I said, if this game was like, okay, 7-3 to three is probably being a little bit rude. But if this game was like 13-14, something along those lines, I, I could totally see that. You know, these divisional matchups, they, they're typically a little bit more competitive. These teams see each other twice a year. It's easier game plan. They have more film. Whenever they sign free agents, a lot of times they come from within the division. NFC East somehow still an open race. So maybe the Giants are somehow able to trick themselves into believing, hey, you know, we got a chance. But uh, neither team has any weapons. Add all that to the fact that it's a Thursday night game. No one wants to be there. No one wants to play in these games. A little bit longer of a weekend. Let's just go ahead and run the ball, get it over with. Under 45 and a half, New York Giants versus Philadelphia Eagles. If I gave you over under six and a half for the win total division champion this year in the NFC East, what would you take there? Honestly, I think the winner of the division is going to have six wins. I could, re- I could very realistically see that happen as well. And it's it's laughable. It's entertaining. It's, it's not fun football, but it's very possible. The thing about a, a year like this where a division like that is so bad is that it's funny and it's easy to laugh at and just like, ha ha, your teams all suck. But then karma comes back to bite you in a couple of years and it ends up being your team. Whenever people do the same to you, you just have to take it. So if you're, if you're going to dish it out, whenever the Saints have a, a 2-14 and 14 season in a couple of years when we're rebuilding after paying Drew Brees' insane contracts, mm-hmm. I, I guess I'll have to take it because if you're a Cowboys fan or an Eagles fan or a Giants fan, 
or a Redskins, I mean, a Washington football team fan, your life sucks. You know what? I, having said that, I really want to make a bet with someone, and the loser has to become a diehard fan of the Washington football team, the Washington Wizards, and the Washington Nationals for five years. They have to burn all allegiances with all other teams. They must attend at least one regular season game for each of those teams a year. That would be the absolute worst way to lose a bet, in my opinion. Any thoughts? I think you could also do a Jets fan, Knicks fan, and Mets fan and make them do that, and that'd be about just as bad. The Mets have a chance of being good, but like... Problem with that, though, is that there's actual fans of those teams from over the years. Like, New York has such diehard fans that... They do. You can just That's laugh true. at people from New York, so you don't even have to hire anyone for that. No one from D.C. lives there. They all commute, so they're all from the outskirts. No one really has to root for those teams, but to make someone from, like, let's just say Iowa have to root for the Washington Wizards, like, how much torture would that be? I just, I don't really know where I'm going with this. So that's all of our, uh, that's all of our picks for this week, huh, Zach? That's it. I also take the Bears because we're underdogs again. You can take the spread if you don't believe in them. We're going to cover five and a half. The Rams are frauds. We have actual breaking news. Guest locks of the week from Keith are here. Okay. Hey, fellas, it's Keith. Longtime listener, first time caller. Looks like you boys have had a rough go of it for your college football locks, so I'm here to set you straight. Before I get to that, I have a bone to pick. Jackson, just who do you think you are picking against the Tulane University rolling green wave? I mean, six and a half points? Against Houston? Playing in their first game of the season after having to cancel or postpone their first four games due to COVID? It's a blatant insult to New Orleans' premier college football program. Did they blow it late against Navy? Absolutely. But you gotta throw out performance against service academies running the option up and down the field when you're evaluating how they'll perform against quote-unquote normal schools. I mean, you're asking the defense to do a one-off against an offense run nowhere else in college football. Even Georgia Tech is off that wagon now. But anyway, Tulane, stunning in defeat against Southern Methodist, is now on a two-game losing streak. And is 2-3 and three on the year against both the spread and in the win-loss column. This week, they're marching into Orlando to take on the UCF Golden Knights, fresh off two straight losses of their own, and they're 19.5-point underdogs. Something's got to give in this game which is why I'm locking up Coastal Carolina University's Chanticleers. That's right, the Shots, as they're affectionately known. They're coming off a win against number 21 UL Lafayette, their first win against a ranked FBS team in program history. And they're sitting at number 25 in the country, are now ranked for the first time as an FBS school. This week they're taking on Georgia Southern as six and a half point favorites. And boys, they are gonna put a lot of points on the board. Not only are they putting up 40 and three quarters points per game on the year, full 10 points more than Southern Georgia Southern, but they've got the edge against common opponents as well. Georgia Southern squeaked by the Campbell Fighting Camels by one point and lost to the Raging Cajuns by two. Coastal Carolina Fancy Chickens, as Spencer Hall of Banner Society once tweeted about them, destroyed Campbell by three touchdowns and went into Lafayette and beat the Raging Cajuns by three. Shantz minus six and a half, easy money. You can take it to the bank. As for the NFL, my lock of the week is the Los Angeles Fighting Herberts, er, Chargers. Minus eight against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Don't let that one and four record fool you. Herbert's got that offense humming. And that defense, though plagued by injuries this year, has had a week to rest up. And they're going to come out nasty with something to prove. Minshew Mania does not stand a chance. And I am looking at the Chargers to cover with ease. That's all I got, boys. What do you think? I'll hang up and listen. First off, Keith, always got to give me a hard time. When he said, quote unquote, that was a personal shot. I know for a fact. 
versus normal teams. Like that's what I said. I don't remember saying that. I might have, but God, Keith, all the references to the the teams I like. Coastal Carolina got the Campbell Fighting Camels in there. Oh man, those are those are some decent picks. What do you think? What do you think about Coastal Carolina minus six and a half and the San Diego Chargers minus eight? Zach. Well, first of all, I, Keith, I haven't met you yet, man. But if you did that all in one take kudos to you. you you grab a mic and hop on with us anytime because that was that sounded smooth the cadence was nice spent weeks recording that he's been, <laughs> been practicing for weeks but as far as his picks i love the coastal carolina log i think they're gonna be about in a week or two from now we're gonna start hearing a lot of people in the twitter sphere uh, tweeting about coastal carolina triple c's baby yeah we're gonna see the triple c's playoff contention and it's going to be making a lot of noise. They are not making the playoffs. I love, I love the triple T's. Don't get me wrong. They are not. They are not going to be in the conversation this year. Get out of here. I didn't say that. I just said people are going to be calling for it, and I am on board with it. The only way I see Georgia Southern covering it is if they, they prefer to run the ball, and Coastal Carolina is more of a passing team. If they can, if Georgia Southern can slow down the game, eat up time of possession by running the ball and picking up first downs, and chunk plays on the ground. It might be able to cover it, but I like that pick a lot. I think Coastal Carolina covers that easily. For the Chargers covering, I don't know, man. Minus eight is a lot for an NFL team that is one and four. I know the Jaguars aren't that good. I like. I don't mind the bet, but I I would stay away at that spread. I like more the over in that game, over forty nine and a half. I, you love you love the over in the Jaguars games, huh? You just love to see I, you love to see Big Minshew score some touchdowns, huh? I don't think it worked out last weekend, but <laughs> I do love the over the Jaguars game. I mean, I do like what he said. I think Herbert and the Charge offense will be able to put up some points. So I guess I'm also banking on this being a week that you and the Jaguars offense gets a little more on the right page and gets going again. But I want to move a little bit on the fence about, but I love the Coastal Carolina pick. I think Coastal Carolina is our new is the new Campbell Fighting Camels of the show. Hundred. You know, we gotta have we gotta have one of those underdog teams to root for. I tried to make it Tulane. You know, I I guess I didn't have as much faith in them after they've screwed me so many times. I think Coastal Carolina is stepping into the spotlight. When I say go Tigers, what I really mean is uh, go Chanticleers, baby. Go Chanticleers. It rolls right off the tongue. But I I mean I I like that pick actually because I mean I would imagine I would imagine ULL is 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 a slightly more difficult competition than Georgia Southern. I think Georgia Southern is actually underrated. Um, you know, they're they're not they're not going to step out and, and really make a name for themselves in terms of any potential uh, playoff implications from from Georgia Southern. You know, Coastal Carolina people might joke around and throw it out there, but I, I definitely see CC CCC winning this week. Six and a half, may, maybe. Uh, I think Keith shall be a guest analyst in future episodes. He he typically picks the right things, except for. His fandom, such as being an Atlanta Braves World Series fan, or such as being a, an Atlanta Braves fan, the Chargers could easily win by eight. They do have a lot of injuries. Keenan Allen went out last week. I don't know if it was for more time. I don't know if it was precautionary, but they've had a lot of players go down. Justin Herbert moved into the favorite for Rookie of the Year um, now, plus one hundred. Uh, Joe Burrow is now in second, plus one seventy-five. That's one of those things that you know there's certain stocks or whatever zach you know you bought giraffe kings and you bought it like a couple months ago it's going up and up and up and i mean it's come down a little bit over the past week or two i bought a little bit of it so obviously it's going to go down in price 
Gotcha. You know, there's some of these stocks though, like Tesla or Apple or whatever else. And you're just like, man, how did I not get in on that? And that's how I feel about Justin Herbert futures. It seems like after the past couple of games, like it's clearly obvious that he's the front runner to win rookie of the year. A little bit more of a quiet guy. He doesn't really have the same personality type as a Joe Burrow. Kind of gives me more of that like Eli Manning vibe. Uh, but it just, I don't know. It just kind of has that like more aloof kind of feel to, to his perspective on, on being the quote-unquote leader of a team. They could definitely win this game by eight. I, I don't know. The Jaguars are so weird. They, they won their first game versus the Colts. They've kind of competed in every other game. I don't know if they're finally at the point where like, all right, people will stop hounding us about tanking. So San Diego minus eight, definitely a possibility. Um, we will add Keith's guest locks of the week since those seem to be the best that he likes. We will add those to our list for this week. So they will be implemented into our record. Maybe if we lose all of our picks again this week zach keep them call back and laugh at us because you can definitely see that happening i feel like you tried to play this one straight yeah you're not fooling me buddy i know you I'm trying to put on a good image for anyone else listening yeah if i go undefeated this week and keith loses i will be in his twitter dms talking that shit next week just as a heads up i like it <laughs> all right i think that's uh should just about do it for us zach anything anything else you can think of uh not really i'm i'm worn out it's been a roller coaster i got new mics I got new headphones. I feel like this podcast is uh, probably, in terms of quality, going to come out one of the best. I know last yeah. episode there were some issues with uh, me making the music too loud. I'm sorry. I like like that song. I don't care if you could hear it over me. I just like the song. I wanted y'all to hear it. So, All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Guys, thanks for listening. Episode 4 should be available October 21st for NFL Week 7. First real week of college football with a full slate of games. All of our locks of the week will be posted on Twitter. Also find them on the Action Sports app. If you want to keep up with what we're up to in between episodes, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast. We are now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. We hope to win at least one of our locks of the week this week. Maybe two. We'll leave it at that, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Peace.